Welcome to another edition of Campus Life, the college half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin, and Austin is away today, but I am joined by a very special guest here. Uh, this is going to be part of the C2C uh, beginners series, you know, how to start up leagues, just some general strategy. Uh, and the first one here we're going to talk about is how to be a commissioner. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of people are always looking for leagues out there. A lot of people want to join leagues. The We need more C2C commissioners out there. And honestly, I could not think of a better guest to bring on for this commissioner series than Mr. Joel Humphreys at Fanatics underscore Joel on Twitter. He's one half of the C2C Fanatics duo on the Debbie to Dynasty podcast feed. Uh, he and his co-host uh, Rich at Fanatics R underscore Rich. They commission 17 of the Fanatics Leagues. So these guys are two of the most experienced commissioners out there. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Joel. Thank you for coming on, Joel. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you doing, Colin? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, like I said, really excited to, to just do some of this evergreen content. You know, there's not enough of the how do I get this started content out there. You know, we, we come across questions all the time about this stuff. So um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're hopping on here. Like I said, 17 leagues. I mean, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're, we're definitely insane. And I'm sure we could be in 40 if we allowed it. Cause there's so many people that want to be in leagues. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely fun and we've enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's just been a big need out there. We've been glad to you know meet that in some way. Yeah. Huge need. Um, and I'm in one of the fanatics leagues too. It's, it runs smooth. It's one of the smoothest leagues that I'm in. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's a lot of, uh, it's a good mix of, of people who have, you know, done C2C before some people who haven't done C2C before. Uh, so in, in those 17 fanatics leagues, are there any that you have that are just like all beginners? Uh, not at this point, maybe the first year that we had, we would have had a couple leagues that were all beginners. Okay. Um, but at this point it, it's mostly going to be guys have been in it. We have so many guys that want to be in leagues that we just say, Hey, we're starting fanatics 18 and it's filled with <laughs> like three minutes with guys that are already in league. So, um, I mean, there has been beginners, but right now we just don't have any. Gotcha. Uh, and when did you start these leagues up? When was the, when was fanatics one launched? So yep. Fanatics one was in 2020, um, was the first nice. year that we started up. Um, so it, it kind of was a, a random thing, you know, I was listening to Brandon Lejeune and he said, Hey, you guys want to start a, uh, campus Canton league. I don't want to commission it. Somebody want to commission. I was the dummy that said, Hey, I'll do it. <laughs> and you know, that's where the first league came from is, you know, basically his listeners. Um, we filled up that first league with that. And then, you know, from that league, there were so many guys that wanted in the first one that to get in that we actually ended up with four different leagues that, that first year in 2020. Nice. So you see, I started four leagues up in 2020. That's the, uh, that was the pandemic season there shortened. I'm right. sure that was kind of, that was a little crazy. I mean, I know yeah, in, so. in my leagues, it was crazy too, but I fortunately was not the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a lot to navigate through for sure. Cause you had the shortened season and it was the threat and all this different thing. And it ended up working out, but it was great. Cause I think people wanted to join leagues. Cause what were you doing besides sitting yeah. at home and wanting to draft football teams? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Great point. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll hop in here into the main portion. We'll, you know, everybody out there who who's listening, if you are an avid C two C player already, you may be familiar with um, some of this stuff. But we're gonna keep it pretty beginner level here at to start for anybody who's new. 
Um, so any new listeners, you're wondering about C2C leagues, how to start them up. Uh, this is this is the episode for you. So with the hosting sites, that's a question we get a lot of times. You know, where can I play these leagues? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and anybody out there who's in leagues already knows Fantrax is really the only place out there right now where you can play college fantasy football. And I know not a lot of people out there are real familiar with college uh, with Fantrax. Uh, you know, most of them are familiar with MFL and Sleeper and um, ESPN and Yahoo and all the main NFL sites. But just Joel, how does Fantrax as a site compare to some of these MFLs, NFL sites that people are more used to? It it, it has a huge learning curve. I'm going to say it's not as user friendly as some leagues like Sleeper, super user friendly. MFL is not user friendly either. But once you get in there, it becomes very easy to navigate. But Fantrax is the same way. It's not the most user friendly out there. So there are going to be some questions out there of how do you do trades, how do you do waivers, because those are different different in uh, fan tracks than other leagues for sure overall it's not that bad of a site i mean it's easy to set your lineups it's just those secondary things your um, trades and and waivers are the big two issues gotcha as a user is it something that you you know i know you mentioned that there's a a learning curve to it Uh, is it something you pick up you know as as the season goes on there you know we find like a month or two in or is does it take maybe like a full year um, most guys catch on after the first couple of weeks. Um, okay. And it really depends on what kind of league you're in too, because we'll get into this later, just how you, often you do your waivers. So most of the leagues I started with only do waivers twice a year. Um, so that made it a whole lot easier to get into that curve there. Um, and I also made a couple you know, just videos quick. Hey, this is how you do a trade. This is how you do waivers. Um, so I shared that with the guys in my league. So they would have that learning curve would just basically be taking down a little bit of steps. Um, but, you know, by the end of year one, just like MFL, most people know how to navigate it going into year two. Awesome. Nice. And that's that's great to make like those little videos for how to find a trade, how to do the waivers. Uh, I'm sure that's something that's really helpful to to everybody in your league, because that is another question that, you know, we get a lot, too. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make this trade. How do I add a draft pick into this? You know, that's right. one of the more complicated things. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's in terms of an app. It, it seems like they're kind of almost trying to model it after sleeper a little bit. Mm -hmm. And from what I'm can tell there. So I do prefer to use mobile apps, you know, on my phone, I'm not on my desktop all that often. Um, If there's, you know, one piece of advice you can give to somebody for using that app, the web-based app there, what would you, what would you tell them? You can navigate around. It takes a little while and some things you can't do on the, on the app and it will shoot you over to the web um side and you say we'll go to your browser for that so just know that there will be some things you can't do on completely on the app so it will sit you over to a, a website so if you can have access to a computer at some point that can be helpful but you can do you know pretty much everything i do probably 90 percent of fan tracks on my phone as well so it's not like you can't do anything on there mm-hmm. yeah i do um, a lot of my lineup settings on mm-hmm. there too you know <laughs> trades and trades make in waivers a whole lot easier on the computer than on the phone but you can still do them for sure mm-hmm. Uh, so with fan tracks there, you know, I said not a lot of people are real familiar with it. Uh, definitely some differences between those NFL sites. What are some of the key features, key settings to know as a user? Uh, and then, you know, maybe as a commissioner too on, on that side of things. Um, I'd say fan tracks is the closest. Well, fan tracks tries to mirror in the flexibility of MFL on that side. So you can do a lot more scoring differences um, and things like that on there. So you can just look at that. There's a whole lot more options for doing your 
um, scoring different scoring different lineups. Um, all those things are a little bit more flexible, more similar to MFL than like sleeper has some limitations on that, that side um, for sure. Um, other than that, I mean, it's a pretty standard setup. It walks you through it step-by-step step when you, you're the commissioner, each screen, you just have to make sure, you know, when you're, um, you know, when you choose what schools you want on your NCAA side, you have to make sure you get everybody selected. Cause there are some times, I think last year when JMU came in, you had to go back in, you'll have to check in. You, you know, I think there's a couple of teams coming in this year as well. So you just make sure all the teams are checked for your player pool for sure. Um, something to watch out for. Um, and then also if you have limits on your waivers, make sure waivers are turned off on the weeks that you can't have waivers because people will take advantage of it. So <laughs> that's definitely yeah. something to watch out for. Yeah, if there's if there's a loophole, people will find a way to exploit Absolutely. that. Um, yeah, like you said, with you know new teams coming in, we're seeing Kennesaw State uh, come mm -hmm. in this year. So, you know, commissioners out there, make sure you're checking Kennesaw State is, is one of the teams. Make sure they are added. Um, as a, a user, I know you said trades um, might be something that you have to explain. Can you explain just the the complications that you could come across or the differences you could come across um, when? Uh, sending a trade or accepting a trade that people might not necessarily know right off the bat. Um, yeah. I'm saying the biggest thing is adding draft picks to it because it's just basically one more step. It's a drop down to figure out which one you want. The biggest thing I'll see is people send the wrong year or the wrong, um, the wrong ground, things like that. Cause it's easy to get mixed up on that, especially on your phone. Cause it's, you know, your fat fingers will mess it up all the time. Um, so that's the biggest thing is just double check it just like you would any other thing to make sure you're sending the right trade. Um, so, you know, a lot of times people will lean on the more experienced people to send over the trades so they can just accept. So that may be something if you're not familiar with it, just lean on whoever the veteran is, or, if you, you know, ask the commission, they can do a lot of that stuff too, if you need help with it. That's smart. That's a good, uh, that's a good piece of advice. Have the, have the, uh, experienced person send it over. Um, I know a lot of times I have to end up sending trades over to people will be like, Oh, can you send it over? Right. So I'll, uh, I'll send that over, but, um, Nice. So what what really makes Fantrax different from some of these other sites that you see out there? The biggest thing is just the you have know, the college players on there. I mean, other than that, it's just a standard hosting site like anything else. Um, I would say, you know, I'm up in kind of MFL, um, Fantrax and uh, Flea Flicker is the three that are the most commissioner friendly, I would say, because you have the options to do more of your um, different scoring settings and then your lineups, things like that. Those are the most friendly for that. Um, but Fantrax in the past has had a lot of times where they're down. Um, so that can be very frustrating with Fantrax is there could be some dead time on there. Um, and a lot of times the apps won't respond. So you have to reload them, things like that. So that's something just to look out for Fantrax is it does have some downtime where the other sites do not. It's good to know. That's definitely good to know. So you said that you know, despite some of the complications and a little bit of a learning curve with Fantrax, you said it's a pretty commissioner friendly site compared to some of the other ones. It is. You, you've got a lot more options to go in there and change lineups. You can do a whole lot more things to help, you know, owners out on the Fantrax side. You can lock things out. If people, you know, abuse the IR, it locks out their team. They get zeros for that week, whatever you want to do. So there are a lot more friendly things there from the commissioner side for sure. Nice. Yes. That's good to know. What are a couple of the other details that, you need to know with fan tracks. I know you said you mentioned about the downtime there. Um, mm -hmm. I know there's also a downtime typically for between leagues because it's not a right. year round uh, site like, you know, some of the other ones like MFL is, is mm -hmm. traditionally. Um, when does the site typically roll over into the new year? 
It's been historically right around the um, Super Bowl, kind of like NFL. They kind of want to have it right around the Super Bowl time as well um, when it rolls over to the next year. doesn't mean it'll be 100% ready because, um, you know, not all the players will be loaded yet for sure. Um, but it will be rolled over, which will help with trades and things like that. So that's one thing we I always try to have with my league is have a Google Sheet so you can track, you know, because Fantrax shuts down as soon as your league's over, it's done. You can't do anything else in it. So as soon as, you know, championships week 13 after week 13 you can't do a thing in fan tracks until it rolls over so you've got to have that google sheet to keep the track of the trades um you know you just have to have that supplemental stuff there you may have to have placeholder drafts things like that that we can get into a little bit later but um those are some things to know you need to have some kind of google sheet to go with that league that's definitely good to know because you know sometimes we, we want to make trades when sent when fan tracks is down you know i i've do it fairly regularly. And mm-hmm. I feel bad that uh, I'm you know, always making these commissioners add things to those Google sheets, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a year round game for us. So right. uh, definitely a good point. Having the, uh, the Google sheets there is, is there any um, specific way you like to format that Google sheet? Um, I have pretty much the same Google sheet for every league. So I just cre- create a template when I run a new one, I just rename it and I just share it with that. So it's basically, I've set up with who, you know who the owners are. Um, you know the first tab is usually the the draft where where you're drafting draft spots, your NFL or NCAA. Have a spot for your placeholders for your drafts. Then you also have a place for trades and off season. Um, so those are kind of the three tabs that are pretty standard on all the sheets. Awesome, good to know. And then you also touched on you know if uh, it shuts down, uh, and then you know you're sometimes missing players from the player pool. Uh, you know, how do you handle that if, if there's a player missing from the player pool who maybe they were a JUCO transfer and they're coming in now, or, you know, maybe they're on a different team. Um, how do you handle the missing players portion of it? So we do it just basically as a placeholder. So you draft random player, you know, that's not in, in the league anymore or um, a kicker or somebody that's just, you know, typically we use all the players for army because nobody wants anybody <laughs> off the of army. And you just use that as your placeholder. And then we just, you have to say in the chat who it is um, for that placeholder. And we make sure it's on the sheet that, that that's who it is on the, the Google sheet. It's the placeholder. Yeah. That's how I hear a, a lot of leagues do it. That's how most of the ones that I'm in do it. You know, you, you pick a, uh, a player that nobody is going to draft for any reason, you know, right. or kickers or team defenses, um, you know, and obviously with, with college football, there's so much player movement during the off season. I mean, we just saw, hundreds of players enter the transfer portal. We have a, a transfer portal tracker up on the website and it's like 225 players deep and it doesn't even cover everybody. I mean, it's just the players that we sort of care about that have transferred for fantasy purposes. Right. Um, so with all of this turnover, it does take a while for fan tracks to kind of get some of those updated. Mm-hmm. When do you find that they're typic- the player pool is typically as up to date as it's going to be? It's usually really not until August where it's 100% right. Um, last year, they were a lot better rolling people out. So we saw probably by May, a lot of the players were in there already. You know, all these early um, commits has helped out a whole lot, I think, too. Because I think Fantrax kind of goes off of official rosters that the schools put out. And these schools, once they get these early commits, are putting those out a whole lot easier. Um, you know, the early commitments, guys that go on campus a little bit earlier, they all show up the first, um, and then it kind of trickles down. Like Deuce Robinson, you know, if he hadn't committed, he's not going to be in there until he commits somewhere. So that's kind of what they look at as those official rosters about each of the universities. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I know freshmen, like you said, with Deuce Robinson, um, but just freshmen in general do take a little while to mm-hmm. um, come in 
to the the player pool as it is in general. So you handle the freshman drafts similarly with placeholders. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, placeholders pretty much for that. Um, hopefully, the biggest complication is when they start popping up mid draft and somebody's already drafted them and as a placeholder. So you'll have to go back in as a commissioner and switch them out so that doesn't happen. But um, so that's the biggest complication. But yeah, you just draft them as a placeholder. You just say you know draft somebody guy from army and we'll just put it on the sheet yeah that's that's a good point too with a you know in the middle of draft sometimes player pool the player pool gets updated you find a guy uh in there how do you normally handle it if if somebody takes the player that somebody else has already drafted um if we can we typically will most of the guys will notice it right away and we'll pause the draft let them make a new pick and then we'll move on um if it's been a little while a couple hours they're not responding we'll just say hey when you're back let us know who your pick is, and then we'll change it at that point. We don't want to hold up the draft too long just for the, their mistake. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you ever run into people who are uh, trying to skirt those rules a little bit? There's always guys that try to skirt the rules. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be fair and reasonable and just treat them the right way, and then it usually works out. Yeah, agreed. So just to sum up fan tracks here in the college side a little bit, um, with fan tracks, there's a little bit of a learning curve to start, and you may have to use the desktop to do some things for your league that you can't really do in the app. But you, you figure it out pretty quickly. It is one of the more commissioner-friendly sites out there. It gives you a lot of flexibility to, to have fun and be unique. And when the season ends at the end of November, beginning of December, until the league rolls over around the Super Bowl, you'll likely need to set up a Google Sheet to track moves, monitor placeholders until the player pool's updated with with all of the different players leaving and transferring and all the freshmen coming in and, and everything like that. For sure. Awesome. Um, so with, with the NFL side, that that's something that I think people are more, more uh, used to those sites over there. You know, I think NFL obviously way more popular there. So what leagues do you, what sites do you host your leagues on typically? Typically it's um, it's been, MFL for pretty much 100% until this year. So this year's the first year that we've had a Fanatics League on Sleeper. Um, but those are the two sites are MFL and Sleeper. I don't mind either one. I like Sleeper. I like it, you know, because you have the app, but it's not as commissioner friendly as MFL is. So that's one of the downfalls why I didn't want to switch over to Sleeper for a lot of the leagues. Gotcha. So you, M- MFL would be your favorite then? Yeah, it's my favorite. You know, we'll get into a little bit later, but just about rules and scoring and things like that. The flexibility you have with the scoring on MFL is just pretty much endless. Um, where like we just started the new league that we have on uh, the Road to Glory, that we did you know um, points per carry. On MFL, you can just have that for your running backs only. Well, on sleeper, it has to be for everybody. So that's just one thing we kind of notice is you can't break it down into individual positions like you could on MFL. Okay, so you, MFL gives you a little bit more customized custom customization there in terms of scoring. Is there anything else feature wise that you really like about MFL? No, that's the biggest thing is just the back end for the commissioner. It's it's a clunky site. I mean, they really need to upgrade it and bring it up to to date for sure. Um, but I've been playing on it for you know ten, twelve years. So I'm kind of used to how to get around in there. But if it's brand new to you, it, it has a huge learning curve too for a lot of guys. Gotcha. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I, I think there is more of a learning curve with MFL. You know, people uh, people draw the line in the sand. People get pretty heated over MFL versus Sleeper. Absolutely. Um, I know you said MFL is your favorite. If you pick, if you had to pick one site for a beginning commissioner, this is your first time commissioning any sort of a league. 
Would you recommend MFL for the customization or the sleeper for the ease of use? I'd probably go sleeper if it's a first time beginner league, just because you're not going to do the crazy settings. You're probably going to do a basic lineup, basic scoring. So sleeper will work for that pretty easily. Um, but if you want to get to the wild and crazy stuff, that's when you want to go to MFL. I think that's just your more advanced website. So yeah, definitely for a beginner sleepers, the way to go. Definitely good to know. And we can, uh, we can get into some of the crazy settings later. Cause I know some <laughs> of the leagues, uh, some of the leagues you're in, uh, in you commission, I know have a little, some twists to them yes. to say the least. Um, but in terms of scoring and setting, do you have a preferred system that you use for like the college side and the versus the NFL side, or do you like to kind of keep those the same? We try to mirror them as much as we can. There's some limitations between MFL and Fantrax. We noticed we've had to kind of separate those out, um, but it's very rare that's happened, but we try to keep it um, pretty consistent throughout the, the both the, leagues the one difference i've noticed and we've done on one of them is we've done a um, three quarterbacks on the college side so we've done one starting quarterback and two super flex um, which has kind of been fun which we would never do that with nfl you just won't have enough players for that but yeah um, <laughs> so but yeah there's some things you can do a little bit differently because there are more players you can start on the, the college side for sure but we usually keep them pretty lined up yeah with a deeper player pool like you said it gives you more flexibility there on the nfl side i mean half the time you're uh you're, you're fighting to find a second starting quarterback for right. some of those teams uh, what are the typical starting positions that you use for the college side first usually we do two mandatory start two quarterbacks um two running backs two receivers tight end and then the flexes anywhere from three to five six whatever the league decides to do Awesome. Yeah. And I know the one league where you, you threw the super flex in there too. I, I, I like yeah. that. I think that's a lot of fun, but for basic beginner leagues, you recommend the two, 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 one tight end, and then just some flexes. Yep. That's the easiest way to get around. I think the start guys off of. Gotcha. And then how many roster spots total do you have for a league like this? Sure. So um, NCAA, we're going to have 45 men rosters. Um, you're going to have unlimited um, IR and unlimited, um, well, just like IR, so you're not really going to do taxi on the, that side. Um, just the 45 men on there. So awesome. So 45 man rosters on the, on the, uh, college side there, how many typically do you have on the, on the NFL side? So NFL is a little bit different. It's 35 on that. Um, so you also will have unlimited taxi squad and unlimited IR. Um, but the taxi is just for players that come off of your college squad, um, for that taxi. Okay, so you limit the players who can be on the the taxi squad on the NFL side by uh, like year. So is it like rookies only? We do two years, so they have okay. to come in on a rookie, and then they can stay there for two years. But after that second, they have to be promoted. Gotcha. Okay, and you said it's only for the players who move from your college side to your NFL side. So if it's, right. I mean, the NFL side does have a, a rookie draft for Camp mm -hmm. Stanton League, similar to. Your typical dynasty league. So if a player is drafted in the uh, rookie draft on that side, they're not eligible for your taxi squad. That's right. If you okay. draft them, then they're not eligible. Gotcha. Uh, and then, you know, we, we talked about waivers a little bit when we were talking about fan tracks there and, you know, definitely some differing opinions on how to handle waivers. I know personally, I prefer unlimited, but I know that that can also be pretty daunting and it does favor mm -hmm. the more experienced uh, players, how do you typically handle waivers um, in what's your preferred method? And then for beginners, how would you recommend? 
Um, we started with just two waiver pickups a year. So I think between weeks um, three and four and eight and nine are the two waiver pickups. That's pretty standard for the first four leagues that we started. Um, so that makes it a whole lot easier to manage because you just have two weeks, you know, to pick up guys. So I think that's the way for your beginners to go into is just control it that way. Cause you know, if you got some guys that are more savvy than others, they're going to take advantage of that for sure. Especially on the unlimited. Um, we've actually moved to doing five now. Um, so five pickups a year up to the playoffs. So you have basically nine weeks. You can pick up five players at any time um, in there, which I kind of like that flexibility a little bit more. I'm not ready to do unlimited yet, but um, I like having a little bit of limits there. Okay. So, for beginners, do you prefer the two periods, you know, week three and four, week eight and nine, or the five pickups, but any time? What would you recommend? Um, I think either way has actually been um, pretty good for guys. It's because some guys don't make claims regardless what week it is. I've had some, mostly a lot of leagues, I have two or three guys that miss those times for those two weeks. So it may be a little bit better thing to start it, have it open for you know, just limited amount of pickups. Um, but having it non limit or limit the amount of pickups, but they can do it at any time, maybe the easiest way to do it for beginners. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that too. I think when you do it with two two week periods, you know, between week three and four, week eight and nine, you do have some people who, you know, life gets in the way sometimes mm -hmm. and they weren't paying attention that week or they just might have forgotten what week it is. Um, right. So I do think that can kind of present some some challenges there. As the commish, do you typically in those leagues where you have the periods, do you send out reminders? Or do you kind typically, of leave that for everybody else? Yeah, typically we'll send out reminders, hey, you know, this week's waivers, make sure you get your waiver guys in. Um, but there's always somebody that says, oh, was that yesterday? <laughs> so, you know, if that – we kind of will let them slide a little bit if they do it that week or just let us know. We'll let them do, pick up somebody that's left off of the – that's still in the waivers. So um, we don't want to be mean and say, no, you don't get any waiver <laughs> pickups this year. So, Yeah, I mean, I think the – the flexibility and the understanding is definitely important for first time leagues because it is a learning curve like we were talking mm -hmm. about before. I know you said that waivers you hand you handle up to playoffs if it is an unlimited, you know, uh, five pickups at any point in time or something like that uh, for trade deadlines. Do you have a trade deadline on the college side? We do. So um, both the, for the NFL and the college is both playoffs. So you make trades up to playoffs. Um, but the one Tricky thing is you can still make trades for college players during the playoffs, but that's where that Google sheet will come into play um, because those players you pick up during the playoffs are not eligible for your playoff team. So if you have an NFL team and you need a push that week um, on your NFL side, you can still get those college players. We don't want to limit that, but they just are ineligible for your playoff teams. And that's something you said you have to track on a, on that separate Google sheet mentioned before. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think that – you know, if you're not in the playoffs, you know, and but you are in the playoffs or you could make a push on the NFL side, you still definitely might want to make some moves for yeah. some college players. Um, so I, I think having that open at least is uh, tracked on a Google Sheet's a good way to do that. Um, I know a, a lot of people. So, so on, uh, for C2C leagues, you have the two separate leagues, the college side, the NFL side, um, two separate payouts as well. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a, something else that gets some uh, some people heated at times. You know, people have very firm opinions on how this is. What's your preferred pot split between the NFL side and the college side? We do 50-50 on all our new, our new leagues. Um, we just think that's the most fair to do. Um, we were doing weighted when we first started, but we realized that 
college is just as important as the NFL. So we do 50, 50 on all the leagues now. Yeah. That's, that's the way that I like to do it too, as somebody who has a little bit more experience, but the college side can be a little more daunting. I know uh, people are typically coming into a C2C league with more NFL experience. Sure. Um, so do you ever, for a beginner league, would you weight that a little bit more heavily towards the NFL side, or do you still like that 50, 50 split for a beginner? Um, I think for a beginner, you could actually probably do a more of a, a weighted one. Um, so like, for example, my first, you know, first league NFL, we, you know, $25 buy-in. So your NFL champ gets 150, second 50, third 25. And then in the college side, the champ would get $50 and the second one get 25. And that's how we kind of started. It was almost the 75% weighted in on the NFL. And then we gradually got into the 50-50 on all the, all the leagues after that. After a couple of years, everybody wanted to go to a 50-50 on a lot of leagues. We still are on that split on some of the newer or the older leagues, and that may change this year, though. Gotcha. Yeah, I like the – for beginners, having it, you know, maybe 60-40 or something like mm -hmm. that, just to kind of yeah. lower that barrier to entry, ease some people's minds. Um, and another big issue with the – or a big difference with the uh, college side and the C2C leagues is, you know, you have a freshman draft similar to a traditional dynasty league where you'll have your rookie draft, you know, X number of rounds. Um, it's reverse order of standings with the college side. You have that on the, on the freshman side here. So, but freshmen enroll in colleges, some of them enroll early. Um, you know, some of them don't enroll till a little bit later. There's always a lot of player movement too. You know, we just saw a player like Jaden Rashada who was committed, decommitted enrolled somewhere else. How, when do you typically conduct the freshman drafts. Um, so that way it's, you know, a little bit easier to follow some of these things and things don't change quite as much. The later you can do it, the better off you are, though. It gives the franchise a chance to get those players in there. So the later you can do it, the better. Usually I try to start them no later than mid-July. That gives you time to get it done before the season starts. But anyway, really from May to June, July, that's usually when I usually start those. And it's usually the guys begging, hey, can we start the draft? Can we start that draft? Like, well, it says July 15th, but I guess we start now. <laughs> yeah, you always get the people who want to do it as early as possible. They get that itch. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to save them from themselves. <laughs> That's right. Uh, where? How do you normally conduct the freshman drafts? Is that something that you do directly on Fantrax? Or is that something you do through a Google Sheet? We typically try to do it always through fan tracks. Um, it's the easiest way to track it that way. So it is a 15 round is what we'll do, but it is freshmen and free agents. So any players that weren't on anybody's team last the previous year. So it is usually 15 rounds. Um, and it's pretty much exclusively on fan tracks with those placeholders if we need those. Gotcha. And that's where that Google sheet comes in for the placeholders. Correct. Nice. Um, so how do you handle it when a player, when a high schooler reclassifies? So similarly to Quinn Ewers, he was going to be in the class of uh, 2022, reclassifies into the class of 2021. And with such a high name prospects, uh, such a, he was a perfect score as a prospect. Um, so everybody wanted this guy. How do you handle situations like that? It really depends on when you draft or not. So if your team is already, your league's already drafted or started your draft and something like that happens, we just punt it to the next year. Say he's going to stay classified as basically the following year's freshman. He's going into that draft. If the draft has not started, then we can add those guys in there because everybody has a fair shot of getting them um, there. So that's what we kind of look at is when they classify and where we're at in the league on drafts. Gotcha. Do you ever have anybody who's upset 
that they reclassified and then they were added into the player pool because similarly to tank for Bijan or tank for whatever insert rookie here, you might have somebody who tries to tank for a certain prospect knowing they're coming in advance. I haven't yet. I'm saying I know Quinn years, a lot of people were kind of upset um, him getting added into the pool kind of there. But um, I think for almost all of our leagues, he went into the following year's draft because he just came, you know, classified so late. We had our drafts were already started at that point. So that made it a little bit easier. Um, Braylon Allen's one of the ones that kind of slept through the cracks that first year because he did reclassify and he wasn't that well-known guy as you were. So he did slip through in a couple of these and get picked up late in drafts or that first runner wa waivers. And he really should have gone in that following year. So that's just something as a commission to kind of play, pay attention to those guys that recommit or reclassify their class. Um, so you can know how to handle those. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Definitely, uh, on the commissioner to uh, another thing that they have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that's, uh, can get a little bit heated at times is dual positions for eligibility. You know, this year we had, um, the CJ Donaldson, the tight end right. slash running back for West Virginia, uh, listed as a tight end eligible was on their depth chart, uh, for West Virginia as a running back and used as a running back. How do you handle those situations where there's dual eligibility and it kind of gives an advantage to the person who has them, that player? <laughs> Yeah, um, so that one, we really just rely on fan tracks. Whatever fan tracks has, that's what we go by. Um, I know it's, it gets complicated, especially with Donaldson, because that gives a huge advantage when you have that. But we just kind of we go with whatever fan track says, that's where they are. Um, that just makes it a line in the sand. If it says it's this, this is what it is. And you don't get into those gray areas of guys switching over. Um, you know, is it an advantage? And I know some leads voted on it, and they changed into running back. Um, that's just one of the things we stand by is what a fan tracks has. That's what they are. Is that something you put pretty explicitly in like the set of bylaws that you draft up as the commissioner? No, but I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's not something you come across all that often. I mean, yeah. but you know, NFL example, you have the Taysom Hill tight yeah. end quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, I know a lot of people were upset about the CJ Donaldson thing this year, right. but you see it on both sides. Mm -hmm. You do. And it's not going to change. I mean, there's always guys that will come in in different positions, play different spots. So it's just, but it's very rare. It's not a normal thing. Gotcha. So I think that kind of covers scoring settings there. What are the best set settings that you would recommend for beginners, for beginning commish, beginning league? Um, what is what would you recommend? I really say it's you know it's just your you know, if you're coming straight from your standard NFL league only you're probably not going to have crazy scoring so you're pretty much screwed with the standard stuff that's out there you know your standard ppr uh, you know one point maybe a maybe want to do a tight end bonus give that one and a half point or whatever it is a little bit bonus for your tight end premium but that would probably be the only crazy thing i would do is your tight end premium and everything else is just standard um you know your standard markers you know points for yards you know quarterbacks things like that and then probably for your positions i would probably stay with your um, you know, super flex because everything, all the leads are going super flex now. That's pretty much standard. So one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, you know, one or two flexes and super flex is probably the best thing for beginners. Nice. Uh, and then, you know, obviously as we get a little bit more advanced, leagues can adapt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you have any setting that you particularly love to implement into one of your leagues that, you know, maybe, you know, a year or two in is when somebody might be ready for that. They have a little more experience. Sure. 
Um, my actually favorite is more flexes, less requirements. Um, so I, I really enjoy where we only have one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, super flex, and all the rest are flex. That's usually my favorite. Um, but that is a little bit more challenging for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you more lineup versatility, but at the same time, the you know more options is, it can be overwhelming at times yes, for, for beginners. Uh, and I know you have, like we've talked about, seventeen different leagues that you're in here. What are what are the wildest scoring settings that you've used? Some of the craziest out there. Um, none of them are real crazy. I think we had a couple that are kind of based off the Scott Fishbowl. So you have some um, first down points. We'll have. Um, some huge bonuses for hidden yards and things like that. Um, but the way we typically do for our leagues is when we get the guys together, we vote on the roles of how they want it scored. So we individualize each league for who's in that league. So um, it, it turns out that pretty much everybody wants the tier PPR. So 0.5 for running backs, one for receivers and one and a half for tight ends. That's kind of what everybody wants. Um, that's kind of become the standard on all our leagues now. So the rest of the stuff, your point per carry, maybe three or four leagues have that. Um, first downs, only a couple leagues have those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the it gets pretty crazy when you have all the bonuses, when guys hit, you know, 100 yards rushing to get five-point bonuses and things like that out there. Awesome. And I know you, you know, said you like to ask people, you have them vote on it. Is that your preferred way to make a, a league unique uh, is just to kind of mm -hmm. let the people decide? That is, I'm going to say that's usually the way we do it, unless the guys just don't care and they say whatever you want to do. And then that's when we get crazy. Rich and I are like, all right, well, we'll just try this this time. So. Nice. Man of the people. Uh, that's right. So obviously, you know, you start out a league with beginners settings, basic settings here. Um, how do you make a league unique after that? You know, how do you add some settings maybe a year or two later um, after people have started to get more comfortable with it? That's when you can increase your roster limits of what they're starting. So if you only start with, say, 10 guys, you may want to add an extra flex or, um, you know, kind of like what we did on the college side, add that super flex on the college side, um, things like that, just to tweak them a little bit. Um, and it's usually by that flex. You don't really want to add anything other crazy to that um, for, you know, your second or third years. You may just want to go from starting 10 guys to 11 or something. Gotcha. Uh, do you ever add kickers defenses on the college side at all? Or you don't get that. No, case? we don't mess with the kickers and the defenses. <laughs> um, the one twist we have done is high school players. So there okay. are a couple of leagues that we have high school drafts in, um, which that gets a little crazy too. So, okay. How do you handle the high school? It's like similarly, like with a, a taxi squad and a Google sheet. Mm -hmm. Yep. You have to do pretty much on the Google sheet. Um, so it depends on the league of how many you allow. So right now we have, um, I have three leagues, I think, do high school players. One, you can only have two players you can draft. One's five, and then one's unlimited. You can draft as many high school players as you want, but it does count against your roster. So if you have 45 men on your um, college team and you draft 10 college players, well, then you only have 50, 35 on your roster on fan tracks. So that's kind of some different ways you can handle that, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I found when I play – I. I almost need all of those roster spots. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have a couple where you have guys where you're like, I, I know this person is not going to score many points, um, but just due to different bye week settings on the college side, you know, some teams have multiple bye weeks, bye weeks are spread out more. Um, you know, matchups are, are really important on the college side there. I find that I almost need all those roster spots. Yeah, absolutely. And say there's probably 40 of your 45 are really, you're going to start at some point during the season. 
Um, that's when your IR comes in handy too, because you can stash those guys and add some more in there. Cause there's some leagues I'll have 50, 55 guys on my team and starting every one of them because of bye weeks and different things. Yeah. And I know with IR uh, on fan tracks, it's not quite as, as cut and dried as it is on some other sites, you know, right. with MFL sleeper, it's, if you are on IR, you are IR eligible. If you are mm-hmm. injured, you're not IR eligible, IR eligible. Um, where it's not necessarily the case on the college side. Do you put any limitations at all on people for who they can put on IR? Um, pretty much the only ones we've limited up to this year was just the guys that um, you knew that were suspended or not on a, a, a you know a college team. So you know, look at Deion uh, Smith last year, LSU basically wasn't on the team. So those are the guys that can't get stashed. They can keep a roster on, you're on the roster, but they don't go on IR. Um, this year, I'm trying something new where there's different flags on uh, the IR and fan tracks. So you have the red flag is just your standard IR. You have a slash to the flag, and then you have a plus mark on the flag. So this year, I'm only going to allow, and the newest league I just did, just the slashes and the pluses. Those are pretty much your guys that are guaranteed are not going to play. Um, that's one bad thing about college is they don't release their injury reports in any time quickly or even they're accurate at all. So it's really tough to, to deal with the IR for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. College injury reporting is, is a nightmare. I mean, I am scouring <laughs> Twitter at 11 AM on a Saturday morning and checking to see if, uh, if Dwayne McBride's playing today, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's definitely one of the challenges there, but I think that, that that's a good way to handle it there with the, the plus, which is straight IR or like the slash through it. Um, and that's one thing I forgot to mention earlier. just came to me is Fantrax does have that substitution option that they experimented with last year. So you can have substitutes if a player gets injured and doesn't play, you could have a quarterback substitute where they will substitute in for um, those guys. So that is something they started new last year that we didn't mess with in our leagues just because there was some problems early. I'd rather come on the backside instead of being on the front side, just not have to deal with those problems. So usually if there is a site that has a new option, I usually wait a year to let them get those kinks out before there. But that substitution one helps a whole lot on that college side for sure. Gotcha. So is that something you're going to be implementing in your leagues moving forward? Something you would recommend other people to implement as well? Is the most likely feature? Yeah, most likely we'll probably do that. It'll basically be a vote for each of the leagues if they want to add that or not. Um, I don't care either way. Um, half the guys, you know, half the time you forget to set those auto subs anyways, because especially when there's a Tuesday game, they get locked. So, I mean, there's not much you can do if you don't get those auto subs in. Um, so it's going to be up to each league what they want to do. Yeah. And that, that's a good point too. It's really important to get your auto subs in early because, mm-hmm. you know, action happens on Tuesdays and that's right. one of the things we love about college football, but that also means those auto subs lock on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I am a proponent of the auto sub feature as well. I think that that's uh, a really nice addition that Fantrax has made yes. to help combat the lack of injury knowledge, uh, news out there and everything. But if you're not going to use the auto sub feature, how do you typically handle these late scratches that it's you know five minutes into the game before you even hear that they're not playing? I- it's pretty much, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> sorry, bud. <laughs> it happened to me in, you know, I'm in 17 leagues. I'm sure it's happened to me in one of those leagues. So it's just one of those things guys, you know, get upset about it. And we've had a couple guys in the playoffs when that did happen, because it did come out and play in the playoffs that if the owners agreed to let that player make a sub, we let them do that. 
Um, but it's totally 100% up to the guys playing in that matchup. And I don't typically get involved with making sub substitutions for teams at all. Yeah, I like that. The, uh, you know, kind of a little bit more laissez-faire as a commissioner, a little more hands-off, kind of letting right. people decide. Um, I, I like that call for that. All right. So, you know, I think we, we covered a lot of ground here, a lot of uh, great information for anybody who is looking to start a league uh, or anybody who is, you know, looking to join a league. Uh, but what is one thing that maybe we haven't talked about here? Or what is the, the most important thing you would say commissioners of C2C leagues need to know? It's just know your league, know who the players are. Um, you know, you don't want to have a league with all guys like Colin on your, you know, out there <laughs> in the league and then bring a newbie in there. I mean, they're just not going to be happy. So that's the thing is you need to know who the guys are in the league and make sure that you customize it to that. Um, you know, if it's all beginners, try to keep all beginners in there. If, you know, if it's all guys that know what they're doing, make sure it's pretty much guys that know what they're doing. Um, and just know your settings, make sure you know your bylaws, make sure they're locked down pretty tight. Um, because there can be a lot of lo loopholes guys can take advantage of, and you'll learn as you get in the leagues what those loopholes are to shorten those up. And you can also tell by, <coughs> excuse me, um, the league mates of how much they pay attention. So, you know, just talking to the guys in my leagues, what they liked about C2C was it got them engaged in the college side again, where they weren't before. Um, so you'll start seeing them that, you know, for myself, I prefer the college side more than I do NFL now. So, you can open up more things in the college side once guys start paying attention and trying to get those things. So it's just know your league mates and who they're there and state communication is huge. So, you know, make sure you have that chat at, um, out there. So when you use group me or discord from everything and make sure you use all your communications in one spot. And that's the one thing that can get tricky on sleepers. It has that built in chat app and things will go on there but they won't go on the official and they get missed or you know people start communicating different places just keep it consistent saying you know if it needs to be official stuff it needs to go on this place to make sure it's official so just you know communication is key with everybody you know treat everybody fair you know don't don't be a jerk and you know there's always a, a compromise you can make to make everybody happy you know just talk it out with guys yeah i think that's a great point about keeping chats centralized to mm -hmm. um and and just being fair and being you know a good a good person in time right. of being a good commish like that's one of the big things that is uh is important as a commissioner is somebody who is fair and puts the integrity of the league ahead of what benefits me um mm -hmm. you know i think Absolutely. you are, are like i say i'm in, in a couple leagues with you as well and in the one fanatics league too like you are a prime example of somebody who does that so Appreciate uh, that. like i said i, I could not think of a better uh, guest to have on here for this episode. Uh, I really appreciate you, Joel, joining me here. For anybody uh, who missed it at the beginning, uh, it's Joel Humphreys, my guest here on this one, at fanatics underscore Joel on Twitter. Definitely give him a follow over there. Uh, he's one half of the C2C Fanatics duo on the Debbie to Dynasty podcast feed. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased towards campus life, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I, the C2C Fanatics feed is is fantastic. Um, you know, if, if you're looking for some deep sleepers out there, you guys have have come through with some good ones. You guys are some of the earliest on um, Michael Trigg as well. You know, he got injured. Mm -hmm. Keeping an eye on him this year, too. But right. um, I really appreciate you coming on here, Joel. Um, you know, tell the people where they can find you, what you're working on, uh, and any, plug anything else here you want. So, yeah, so we're basically, you know, we're – 
most of the stuff's going to be on finance right now. So uh, Rich and I have kind of had to take a step back for work and family life uh, complications, but you know, we'll still be on the chats there, you know, Debbie to dynasty. Um, I'm still doing some rankings over there and hopefully we'll get that podcast back up and running now, maybe later this year. We'll see what happens. Awesome. I mean, I hope so. I said it was, I, I love that. It was like when my weekly rotation, um, but uh, yeah, check them out over on the uh, Debbie to dynasty dashboard over there. Um, so check them out at, uh, fanatics underscore Joel on Twitter. Joel, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, I'm Colin and have a good one.